Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. All right, friends, welcome back to the event brew. Um, this is Dustin Westling with One West Events in Canada. This is Tui Deep, still unemployed, free, to, free agent. Free agent. Uh, yeah, this is Nick Borelli from Borelli Strategies. This is Will Kern from Endless Events. Why are you still talking so slow, Will? Uh, I've been drinking more caffeine, so caffeine slows me down. Is that That's, true? Uh, That's you're not, not drinking the right true. kind of caffeine. That- that's an accurate fact for 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 people like me who have so much energy. Well, I do I do appreciate the the layup there. So why don't we talk about what we're drinking? Skipping Will because he's clearly had too much this morning. Um, Nikki, what are you drinking today? Well, the Monster Energy drink that I am uh, <laughs> consuming is uh, Mango Loco uh, juice. Uh, I doubt it's juice. I believe it probably is Loco. <laughs> And there's a skeleton on it, which that makes sense because it's talking about, you know, what, what I'll be. Uh, uh, yeah. It's being stereotypical. That's what it is. <laughs> what do you think the rules are in calling something juice? You know, um, I'm sure there is something in here that has an asterisk next to it um, that uh, says it has like 1% or something. I'm, gonna, I'm scanning it right now, but um, it's, uh, there is some, there's pineapple syrup in it. Um, there's also, uh, a lot of ester gum and red 40. Mm. Well, I'm red curious 40. to know if Dustin's drinking mountain juice, you know, the juice that oh. comes from mountains. Water. Um, water. <laughs> yeah. I am drinking mountain juice. Actually. I've got the last little bit of my coffee with way too much cream in it. And I've got a big old glass of water, my mountain juice that I will call it that from now on maybe i'm drinking i'm drinking herb juice herb juice herb, herb juice oh this is 16 percent juice. juice wow <laughs> nick is like this is too healthy like for me nick just realized like, he he's just so still disgusting. reading the label he's so there, disturbed i, can't, I can't read the that words. long to read the label that's not good yeah i couldn't even <laughs> pronounce most of the chemicals but um but the the juice thing is really great it's 16 percent juice asterisks so that that's great it's probably more to that but that sounds awful. Great. Hmm. Um, tell us about your herb juice. Do you say herb juice? Yes, it's organic. Organic herb juice. Mm-hmm. Great. It sounds even more organic now that you say it's herb juice. Too. Like really if you say bad. organic tea, people are like, oh, that's pretty cool. Organic herb juice. Like, oh, yes. tell me what it is. <laughs> what about you, Will? I'm uh, drinking um, spice juice um, with a lot of milk uh, that is frothed. So, uh, yeah, spice juice. Are we going to actually tell cow, people with what cow it, juice? No, I don't think with cow juice. Yes, with juice. cow juice. There you go. Yeah. Nut they can, juice. They can guess what we're drinking in the comments below. Yeah, there you go. There uh, you go. <laughs> well, all right. Are we going to get started or are you going to keep interrupting me? Oh, uh, you know what? I think Good we just got to disrupt each other all, 
all day long. Oh, good. This is going to be really fun for everybody. Everybody buckle up. Pour yourself a drink. I don't care what time it is. Um, let's get into this. So um, we're talking about what other disruptions could impact events other than viruses. Um, and I think maybe we're starting a trend. We're recording this on March 20th, just in case there's any information that we talk about um, that is date specific or timing specific. Um, so yeah, this is an interesting uh, conversation because I think some of this is going to happen next week and some of this is going to happen in a year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Why doesn't somebody kick it off with what they think it's going to, what's, what's maybe, maybe let's talk about what's the next, the most immediate thing that is going to impact us. Um, and the domino effect from of, yeah. uh, of this viral outbreak. Who's I was going to say, go? like the most obvious like inter- disruptions that happen. Like so, in like our our contracts, we always have act of God statements, right? About like hurricanes and storms and earthquakes and all those things like that. And like that's I think the thing that everyone thinks about when it comes to like cancellation of events and things like that. Um, yeah, but uh, that that's I just want to get the obvious one out of the way. But maybe something a little bit less obvious might be better. <laughs> That's an interesting point. So, what if there, what if there will be, and there very well may be, some real radical changes in what is covered under event insurance, mm-hmm. and that would give experiential agencies, CMOs of uh, of different uh, corporations, a real strong pause before they consider uh, engaging in face to face or as an option mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, move their agendas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. This is all pessimism. I mean, I mean I, I've talked to my, yeah, I mean, I talked to my insurance company and I've talked to so many that like almost every insurance company immediately, there were no insurance policies against, you know, disease. Yeah. And now all of them are specifically exempting disease as well mm-hmm. from their insurance policies. So mm-hmm. very, very That's interesting. what they do. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. same, the same effect after um, like a flood or a natural disaster, that area won't cover you for those disasters anymore because insurance isn't meant to actually help people it's a it's a money-making business like yeah it's a else. gambling institution and the house always wins so totally. they uh unless you're a lot of people company that is a potential sponsor of the uh, <laughs> exactly. emperor we'll take that statement back <laughs> insurance companies are like nope not <laughs> sponsoring not, that show definitely gonna <laughs> take all the money we can get at this point so mm-hmm. uh, sure uh yeah, I, I, I'm just imagining that scenario, right? Because I think that like that's that is a skill set, unfortunately, um, that event professionals are good at, and we can envision worst case scenarios. Sometimes to our detriment, there's probably a, mm-hmm. uh, a psychological effect of that. But bottom line is, we're pretty good at it. We can see where people will trip. We can see mm-hmm. where uh, you know uh, there's a fire. What you know that that path wouldn't work. Like we're we're wired to see bad things before they happen. Now we're applying those skills, in at least in this half an hour, uh, to the macro. You know what what could take place um, globally. Um, you know nationally, et cetera, that would have big effects. And I think that like insurance would be a big one. You know, is if if mm-hmm. if events are considered super high risk, if some insurance co- company could say, wait a minute. You have the option to engage in uh, lead generation through online advertising and like it's basically clicks or you can go this direction, which has fires, active shooters, hurts the environment and has viral outbreaks. Yeah. You know, like Mm -hmm. we we need to put pressure on you in order for you to put pressure on your people to, you know, not have live events. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing one thing that I see I see happening is that um, we've we've already watched 
the the timeline in which events are booking is tightened up and i think that's going to get even tighter i think people are going to really hold back on whether they're going to they're going to sign a contract for three years from now for their conference because this is one thing that this has showed us is that overnight everything can change and um, yeah. and I'm, I'm curious to see what impact that is going to have. And if people aren't going to be a little bit more, a little bit more conservative in, in the, the confidence they have in, in booking long laid business. In my world where destinations are part of the equation. Uh, so you have to generally things are booked out way in advance because there's a, a short supply of, you know, especially like citywides. Um, that means that um, mid markets potentially would benefit from it from uh, organizations because if you're going to make your decision last minute and your venue and you're and you're a citywide or something like that for a, a major market, um, you know there's only so much inventory. So mm-hmm. in that instance, I think potentially it might benefit mid markets. Uh, you know, um, because like a, a Milwaukee or, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, Edmonton, uh, to try to keep it, um, you know, more North American would be in a position to say, well, we're open, you know, we got, we got space in July, uh, at the last minute. Um, and I've seen that already happen with other interruptions. Like I, I can tell you that like in, um, like Charlotte, when they, there was uh, some, um, legislation around bathrooms and there was a lot of organizations pulling uh, their events out of uh, that state and that city specifically including the NBA all-star game um, they were pulled out within you know months big events too mm-hmm. like again the all-star game so uh, the only cities that were had the capacity or you know had the capacity to give the entire city away um, were these smaller markets um, hmm. so do you CVBs. think that do you think that the countries, that react the best to this and have the best response and the um the lowest rates at the end of this will be more attractive italy is not attractive take your events too and i and i and i and i'm thinking about italy and um obviously what's going on there is just so heartbreaking and tragic but do you think that the impact that that is going to be made there is going to say do i really want to take my program to italy 100 um yeah I think think so about too. think about site visits. We look at venues and we determine, you know, do they have the longevity? To, you know, do they have the um, investments in the carpets? Do we, you know, do we think that they have the room flow that could do this? Do we think that these people are logistically sound, et cetera? You know, that I think that same level of scrutiny, if not quite a bit more, will be applied to governments in their ability to um, maintain public safety in order to make sure that your uh, duty of care is met. So. Yeah, I mean, I think people are paying attention. I mean, like mm-hmm. the the comp. I mean, the the work that a CVB of China uh, is going to have to do, you know, for the next mm-hmm. decade is going to be an uphill battle, right? Uphill. Mm-hmm. Like their their brand is is garbage right now when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, the international state, as far as you know, thinking about travel and whatever. Like there is there's a lot of PR and and infrastructure and logistical work to be done in order for them to be a viable option for travel. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. yeah, crazy. I think there's this. This has been tossed around quite a bit as as we've been. I will can attest to how many conversations he's had about taking your event virtual. Um, I tapped him on the shoulder. We're we're 
doing another one with him today. He's been very generous with his time. So thank you for that, Will. Um, I appreciate you guys. So this this whole shift virtual and for you know we're i'm still watching people that are learning what a webinar is for the first time in 2020 which is a bit baffling but okay i think hey. i think that there's a there Progress. this is a, a a great opportunity to get people a little more tech savvy but um do you think that business is learning more about technology and um meetings and events, understanding that they can host things online. Do you think that's going to have an impact on face-to-face -face in the future? Oh, for sure. I mean, like, that's what I've been kind of telling everybody. I mean, like, it's hard to really think. I don't want to think more than a year out right now because, like, people barely can think what they're doing in an hour. Um, but when I, I've been really re contemplating this is that, that that's why I feel like the events industry needs to evolve right now because if – if this at all, let's say everything clears up in two weeks, right? And everything's fine. <laughs> you know, that's like the ideal, right? Which is probably not going to happen. Everyone is going to have to evolve from this because now everyone's going to realize this is an option. The same way that now all these companies are going to go, holy crap, we sent all our employees home. They can work from home. And oh my gosh, we saved mm -hmm. so much money. They're happier. And, you know, and we also, no one got sick and, you know, all these things like that. And they're going to go, we should remote work more. I think the same way it's going to disrupt the remote, create remote work opportunities, the same way that people are going to be like, oh, we can do a virtual event. It costs us one fourth the cost. Commercial and real estate guess what? is everyone, shaking everyone right happy. now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, definitely think that uh, a huge, humongous disruptor right now in that it's going to create a second disruption. Like the first disruption is the cancellations, right? Mm -hmm. But then the second disruption is going to be the move to, to virtual and everything mm -hmm. like that for sure. We've been I'm in um, I'm in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and we've had quite a few disruptions over the last 12 years. Um, and we just keep getting pummeled by oil prices and just every time we feel like we're back on our feet, something comes and wipes our feet out from under us. And the one thing that I've learned is that that break in, um, tradition is so harmful to events. And every time we go through a downturn and something gets canceled, I can almost, I almost know immediately whether it'll come back and events that, that are starting to lose their purpose, events that weren't strong to begin with events that were happening just because they always happened those are the ones that just disappear and never ever come back because once once everybody gets through a year without it and they go oh wait we're still here everything's still fine or they went virtual and they're like oh we didn't need to do that we didn't need to spend that money it's um it makes it really hard to bring them back online um so i think i think this is a, probably the first time that we're all uncomfortably going through this together because we're all in the same boat. This isn't just about the American economy. This just this isn't just about the Chinese economy. Um, sorry, the economy in China. Um, this is this is all of us, and this is going to have a huge global impact on what events come back. What do they look like in the future? Um, and there's going to be a, a a billion opportunities out there for businesses to pivot and to decide who who they're going to be in this next new world of of events preach do you do you think um on the on the highest level uh, event professionals will start to see themselves as instead of being the face-to-face -face people the something else people so is it the is it the um like human connection people yeah yeah, something above events, right? They, it could include events, 
but not necessarily as we define events as face to face. You know, are we the, you know, the the strategic goal gathering people, whatever it is, right? Like something that would still have the outcome based, um, you know, collaborative. Blah, blah, blah. Like, do you think that like associations will pivot their language? Because um, it's already happening in the private sector. Like, I'm seeing um, people who are defensive about. Um, digital embracing it because they have no choice. And uh, I remember immediately following the the name change uh, from uh, uh, ISES to ILEA. Um, I, at that time, I was uh, doing quite a bit of presentations to uh, ILEA chapters that year. I did something like 20 or something. And I remember because I was in the international chair of marketing and communications at the time, I, I dedicated a, a specific portion of my presentations to having a conversation around that name change. And inevitably, someone would say, I feel like that is redundant. That was their criticism. Live events. What other type of events are there? Right. And this is, you know, this is five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, I, at that point, I was like, no, there's there's absolutely a, another alternative uh you know it's uh that's the next fight quote unquote is how i was phrasing it at that point our next battle is to prove our worth against digital i don't know i'm coming out on the other side of it now and i'm thinking is it a fight you know uh, are mm-hmm. all the people talking about hybrid you know were right. they were they right um you know are we are we bigger than than face to face and and again mm-hmm. I, i've been championing face to face as a superior um, way to gather, um, you know, for a very long time now, but, and I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, is, is it just the right thing for the right problem? Right. Is it one of the tools that we have and, and not instead of it being the place that we live? Mm-hmm. What I, I, I think it's one of the things is that it's easy because like we really understand, okay, we want people to meet, we'll put them in a room and they'll meet each other. Right. But like that's the problem I think a lot of people are struggling with the virtual event transition is like they can't conceptualize how it looks um, because they don't know how to do it. But rather than being, you know, brainstorming using their creativity, it's like this thing of like uh, they only know what they know and know the concept that is kind of within. Um, you know, it's like I, I'm sure there's a million analogies I can use and don't have any off the tip of my tongue. But um, I think that's one of the big issues, too. Mm hmm. Do you think that the 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 commodities that live within our industry have a this is the time that there might start to be a separation the 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 MPI planner supplier do you think this as we as we come back together um are the commodities going to finally see a separation and and you know the that that comes to my mind when we're talking about virtual and this big shift, and and really the ones that have the biggest threat are the people with the stuff. Um, what, what virtual event has, as far as and maybe I would love to actually have my mind like um, expanded so it could encompass this, but a virtual event doesn't have a place for a rental company. It doesn't have a place right. for a caterer. Right. Um, as an example. Right. And again, I, I want many people to be, think of what they do as creative as possible, be flexible and adapt. I just can't see a person with a thousand of a specific type of chair be able to get return on that investment, nor their logistical abilities in order to implement those at the right for the right people be applicable in a digital space. I can't see it. Right. Right. They're so- gone. I chose like to I vote on this topic because it is so it's like it's so great because we're 
it's it's expanding my mind because if anything the topics that we're or the these um, bullet points that we're talking about like really listen to, to all the listeners because this is your this is an opportunity to segue into that or to think you know like go into that um, area and see how you can provide value and Nick what you said couldn't couldn't a caterer in this case if let's say we we're quarantined and we couldn't physically be there but couldn't a caterer can we do like a dinner like a meeting dinner or a meeting lunch and have these caterers like drop off the lunch so everyone's eating the same thing and then like i don't know i was just trying to like think mm -hmm. like okay, how could it yeah i mean be it's possible yeah it's possible i mean like i, I think that like at the, at the it doesn't employ 99 of 100 people at an organization to be able to say a caterer could create the menu um you know for people to make on their own or something like that to give to the virtual event person or something like that the delivery aspect of it depending on it borders um you know as far as the virtual being uh you know instantaneously international generally um mm. puts a limitation on your ability to deliver to somebody who's you know in three different states you know watching something um it just like there is certain like the tenting company, you know, is offers nothing to the virtual event. Right. I, that I think I mean, again, I, I really uh, I'd really like to be wrong. And, and I and I may be um, I, I just I, I agree. Like, I, I think that the, the stuff is going to be the first casualty mm -hmm. um, in, in a in a conversation around the, the increase in digital. And I think that like. If the goal is exclusively the dissemination of information, um, I think th that virtual is a viable and in some ways superior uh, format. Um, if it's beyond that, um, that's where face-to-face -face really, you know, potentially can combat it. Um, so I think that, like, th we are the, – the number one thing that you can do to um, – disruption proof your face-to-face -face business right now would be to tie um, what you do to empirical data. Um, I think mm -hmm. that without that, uh, without being able to say, and also be honest, your event causes uh, uh, and a disruption to um, potentially to people's, uh, you know, wellness. It, it, it does a disruption to uh, the, uh, what do you call it, uh, environment. It is uh, all these things that are true, right? And different levels, right? You can do your best to mitigate those, but like they're, they're truths. You have to own that and then overcome it with, you know, positive value, right? So like, yeah, these are, these are, these are the cons, right? We, we acknowledge them. We, we, and we've done all this work to, to, to make those push down, but um, here's are all the pros. And I think we need to find double the amount of pros than we used to. Hmm. Love that. What are other disruptors that can impact the, industry? I've been scared of one for five years now that, that has nothing to do with viruses. Tell us. Um, automation. Mm. Like I, I, I mm. thought that automation would push us into a class war um, at that level, you know, at the most alarmist, um, in, in a place where all of, uh, people who make their living, uh, off of, uh, industry, off of work, off of, uh, things that are in the physical, um, would be replaced, uh, in waves based on automated technologies. Um, you know, I was really put to, it's been a general anxiety I've had, uh, for a while. And then it became like a very specific one when I was at uh, WEC in Toronto and I was sitting in front of a guy from NASA who said, 
I think I may have said this in the show before, but like there's one truck uh, that Elon Musk is, you know, 75% figured out um, that when it is on the road uh, as a fully automated vehicle will remove 1.3 million U.S. jobs. Um, that's one thing, right? And then like Amazon, there was something that this summer that there was like a new robot that they made that eliminated like 1,300 jobs from one little thing, right? Just one little jo- robot. And they have probably, you know, working on, you know, a dozen like that. Um, it's... Um, it, the the chaos that happens from a disruption where it is immediate, um, you know, first they'll come off with like once they announce that this truck is coming, uh, all those people will uh, strike and immediately the supply chain will, will, will stop and they'll try to prove their worth by showing that they're not there, even though that's not the point. Right. The point is <laughs> that, that, that the robots will replace you like they you can't not. Right. Like in, in capitalism, we will seek to reduce costs in order to increase profits like that's that's the system. Right. If that's the system that we continue to have. Uh, and then just how we're wired as people, we're, we're wired to uh, have progress and, you know, to seek comfort. And on the on the generational side, we'll have more comfort when we're working less like we work a lot less now. In uh, six-year-olds don't work now like they did a hundred years ago. Like there's a lot of things that will happen, and I think that the after the turmoil and what who is left and and the ashes, they're going to work twenty-hour weeks. They're going to work in the creative fields, um, and they're going to do lots of other things that are not about economics. And that might be you know there might be a, a standard wage that people make. There might be lots of crazy you know things that, that seem you know uh, if you're not a big fan of Star Trek. Uh, that you you won't see coming. Um, I'm a big fan of Star Trek. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but like in Star Trek, they they live in a uh, uh, completely socialist uh, utopia. Um, I think so- socialism is amazing for utopias. By the way, <laughs> I don't think we live in a utopia, but uh, I think it's it's really. <laughs> I think we live far from a utopia right, right? now. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, GameStop is trying to uh, prove that it's a. Uh, I don't know if you saw this yesterday. That it's a uh, a vital service Necessary. to. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that like, you know, capitalism is, does whatever it can to survive. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I've been scared of automation for a long time, not for myself personally, cause I believe that the work that I do, uh, for myself is one of, uh, more of creativity than of uh, work. But I know that, um, that's not the case for a lot of people. Um, and, um, that's, uh, you know, that's a scary proposition when the majority of the workforce will, you know, be faced with um, no way to earn a living. This is real pessimistic. <laughs> this, this, show, this show is not so making me feel good. Other episode. I don't I have feel, a solution I mean, to like that either other than like a culling. It's so I think br- it's, Darwinian I mean, here- brutal. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I think one reason why this took us off so like this specific disruption took us off guard so much is that we never thought it would happen. And we weren't we weren't ready to prepare by thinking about virtual events. We were never thinking about what would happen if it got mandated that we never thought events would not happen in person. It's legal like, to have oh, yeah. an event. Yeah. Like it's like never thought we're that in a YA happen, but, novel right now. Like this is like a like a crazy you know, like uh, uh, Tui brought up in, a, in an episode before, she's like, uh, it would she would be a bootlegger if she put on an event right now, right? Like, 
Oh like my it, gosh, it, don't tell people my next plan. Eh? Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I feel like when you put it on a podcast that... We, that we were talking about speakeasy <laughs> events are going to be coming back now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know? <laughs> um, I was going to say, like, I think another... You talk about the automation, not knowing what to do. I think just being aware of it and saying, like, having some potential solutions, just hanging out in the background and ideas is what went to it. I mean, you know, I think that's why you see some people switching. So, I mean, let's talk about like another potential disruption, but like, I think we kind of danced a little bit around it was the economic downturn, right? I think that one's always on hot everybody's minds, but like, how would we evolve? And we've had to deal with this before, right? In like 2008, companies said we can't be blowing away money on events because Fluff it died looks in bad. 2008. Yeah. Like you know? I remember, I remember fluff events and one, one style fluff event that we made a killing off of in the, in the organization that I worked for uh, was uh, legislated away, which was uh, we got literally blank checks from uh, pharmaceutical companies to uh, wine and dine doctors. Uh, it was definitely not in the public interest. It hurt us individually when they legislated that away. But I mean, I get it. Like we were given like spend as much money as you possibly can on these doctors, like four or five hundred dollar lunches. Um, were a thing because again, these pharmaceutical companies had unlimited money and they needed to impress these doctors in, in a way that was, you know, not taking advantage of the, of their trust. Uh, and it must work cause I'm sure they measured it. So, um, things like that, where you're like that plus the fluff events. Now I, don't, I think it's a little different for like, uh, Dustin's business, which is great. Uh, than what I experienced personally in the venue space and, and around that time, uh, and, and by the way, the big difference between now and then was uh, that re recession that happened 2008, 2009, 2010. It happened gradually. It wasn't a light switch. You can't have events anymore. So they're, they're not as comparable as people think they are. Uh, but I will say that like the holiday parties for me back then, they, they went away um, and they in, inadvertently were A-B tested and then they, they stayed away. Um, you know, that was... Um, tough because our Decembers were crushed then. And then we kind of pivoted into different directions. Um, we, we also like went into, and in, when I was in the, again, the venue space around that time, we went into social events more so because we found that they were a little bit more recession proof, uh, because they weren't dead. They weren't dedicated to ROI. Um, they weren't about budgets and they weren't about saying something like that was the big thing. 2008, 2009, 2010. If we have an event, uh, a holiday party in that instance for us uh, this year, and we laid off Sally and Jesse and Raphael. Um, then um, it looks really bad when we're having a Christmas party, and we someone could say, "Well, geez, we could have kept those three people um, and not had this party." You know, it's not really the way to look at it. Obviously, like we can you know, reason why that that actually does make sense, but uh, it was just perception issue, and there was a lot of perception issues. And then again, people should be A/B testing how they spend their money all the time. They don't because they're not super critical of live events historically. But when you have an artificial reason to pause it, everyone is literally, whether they know it or not, they're A-B testing. So if they get through the year and they can produce some results and they didn't need to do that and you weren't giving them data to prove that your existence is vital, um, then you they, you know, they just proved that you're not. Again, I'm uh, uh, <laughs> Peter Pessimism. Yeah, we I don't think this is like a negative. I actually like I'm really like I feel like this is informative because these things could happen. We like this one completely yeah. blindsided us like we were not prepared. Yeah. So this if anything, it's like associations didn't for... prepare us. Nobody exactly. did. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know if they had the, the ability to either. I'm not I'm not like as negative about them as many people are. I'm seeing a lot of people saying, you know, looking to them is like, well, why didn't you tell us this was coming or whatever, um, especially volunteer associations where I'm like, yeah, they 
<laughs> you know, like they're in they're in triage for their businesses right now. So like, I don't know what you expect. Um, the look, governments weren't prepared for this. So let's not let's not yell at our uh, event industry associations. That said, I think that now I think people eyes are open to this specifically. And, and my fingers are crossed. Big disruptions in general. That's that's what I'm hoping. Well, I want to talk a little bit about um, a potential other disruption that could happen as well that people might not be thinking about. But think about your event. And traditionally, I mean, our hope is that we all go back to in-person events, right, and everything like that. So kind of looking a little bit further in the future as well. But let's say, for example, we've had this happen a million times where all of a sudden something really bad happens in a city, like a terrorism or maybe, for example, um, there's really bad unions or whatever it is, and then like a city gets a really bad reputation or an event gets a very bad reputation and you start to get boycotted, right? Like um, we talked about like CES a long time ago and the idea that they had, you know, um, all these manuals and everything. And everyone's like, boycott CES and things like that. You know, I think that that's a huge disruption to the events industry that you could see a city lose a ton of tourism business because of, you know, its reputation mm -hmm. and, a ha and something having a bad reputation as well. And I think that's a, a big part of uh, disruption as well. Mm -hmm. gatherings have a re uh, bad reputation right now by the way the idea of it <laughs> do you think that there's a risk in us and this is to your point nick um in a way do you think there's a risk in us losing steam in some of the things that we were working on you brought up mantles which is the first time i've heard this word been used in a couple weeks but do you think there's a risk in in the progress that we were making going away because it's not the biggest issue anymore? And and when I when I think we had a we had a whole podcast where we were talking about um, CES and their choice for a keynote speaker. And doesn't that sound like such a such a good problem to have? Like, thing. like yeah. weird problem now. And um, I wonder if this is going to reset some of that in a in a negative way. I wonder if we're going to move backwards a little bit in some of the progress we were making in equality and and fairness. And yeah, I'll stop there, Nick. Or sorry, Will, go. No, no, I, no, no. I think that's incredible. Like, what insight for sure? I'll put. I know that Nick probably might have a pessimistic view on it, so I, I will put. <laughs> not a pessimist. <laughs> I'll propose. I know, I know. I'll propose a optimistic view of it. All these things that have been happening, right? And we re realize, like, okay, we need to make this better, you know, uh, diversity, inclusion, everything like that. I almost feel like this is the reset button that we all of a sudden just said, let's start from scratch. Let's learn how to do virtual events. Let's have no idea what we're doing. Let's admit we have no idea what we're doing. Everyone who was the like you know top tier players that were the pros are now coming and saying, "I got to learn. I got to start from scratch. I got to figure all this out." You know everything like that. And I feel like it's a, a, a you know essentially this big gigantic reset button. And my hope is is that when we get through this, all those things that we've been working on are in place at the very bare minimum of what we do. It'll be obvious that we're going to think about diversity and inclusion and everything like that. Because imagine, for example, now with virtual events, you can grab speakers from wherever mm -hmm. and you can grab them from another country. And it doesn't matter because they're virtual. And whereas before, oh, we might not want to bring a, someone from, you know, all the way, a uh, crazy faraway country because, you know, what? it'd be expensive to do that. Let's pick someone local or someone that we know really well. Now we have access to so many more speakers and things like that. I don't know. I feel like I just want to think of it as like a reset button for the events mm -hmm. industry. I think it's prioritizing. I was listening to The Daily last night, another podcast. Sorry, you guys, when I was cooking dinner <laughs> and the uh, governor of New York 
the question was what you know the the economy crashing and all these things and he said yes we'll address that but it's not priority people you know and he was like people are dying this is why we're taking extreme measures because mm-hmm. that's our number one priority right now is like the lively not the livelihood but the lives of others so yeah all those things i feel and i i do kind of feel that reset button happening as well well totally it's i could be pessimistic if you want it <laughs> no we've had enough of you today that's, yeah. enough. <laughs> that's enough out of you for one day uh, um fair you you mentioned a podcast and i i think there's a lot of people that are spending a lot of time at home so i wonder if everybody can share what their favorite uh, podcast is right now and it doesn't need to be business um what's 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 on the top of your list maybe i'll start with tui Oh, gosh, I was pulling this up because we were talking about it in our Slack channel. The Daily, which is the New York Times, uh, for updates on the it's, – it's really well put, the way that they articulate um, the news and everything in a, in a great manner and the storytelling they do. Uh, what is it? It's like Cool Jobs. Um, guys, We Fucked is a, not one that's like two <laughs> girls that just <laughs> chat about. Just, you know that and um i can't hold on i need to look it up well you go oh man i honestly in the last two weeks i haven't had a chance to really listen to any podcasts i've been i, I like i get i get done with the day and i sit down to watch like a youtube video and i fall asleep halfway through a youtube video on the couch um so it's been crazy uh, honestly i mean um usually i'm listening to a lot of podcasts a lot of marketing and business related stuff um um, on that end, uh, one of my favorite ones is called Marketing School, where um, these guys basically give like a 10-minute episode every day on a marketing tip and things like that. They're really smart. I love that podcast. Um, there's a lot of other ones, but honestly, a lot of what I'm doing is listening to other people on our podcasts, and that's almost how I get my podcast content. I think mm-hmm. about like, what would I want to know right now? And if I want to know about it, maybe someone else does, and I'll just make an episode about it. So like, honestly, it's getting to listen to you guys, um, listening to our event tech podcast, and then event icons like... Honestly, when you run three different podcasts, it, it, they become your favorite podcast, too. You've been literally sitting at home listening to your own podcast? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Do you guys listen to your like, own? I don't. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't. I listen, I only, to, I, 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 I listen to our podcast when I'm not on it so I can catch up and hear what you guys oh, talked about. But, I do, too. But, like, I, I, um, wait, wait, I, yeah, can we I don't. talk about this? You guys don't listen to Event Brew. I mean, I do. like I'm not gonna re-listen I'm to this episode because I was he- I'm, I, yeah I'm listening to it as we record. I listen it. to like, the ones weird. that I'm not on. Uh, if I'm on, I don't need to hear me that much more. Oh my, my gosh, God. that's like where the second time around when I'm actually listening to our conversations. Like right now, we're all kind of like planning and conversating as things are going. But it's it, I love listening to our podcast because then oh, I'm like, oh wow, Nick, I'm not the really audience. like dissed me or like, <laughs> oh that was a really good thing that Dustin said that I wasn't really. Uh, wasn't taking in at that time, but now I get it. I listen to see that's if cool. you bleep out all my swears. <laughs> oh, that's good. I said one. I don't think the, we do. I said one on we the last one that I might regret, but that's okay. No, yeah, I don't think I don't think we do at all. This is one. This one straight up has the R rating on iTunes. <laughs> so you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, um, so my to go pod- to weekend podcasts are my favorite murder is like I love this podcast if you're not listening to it it's so good it's a true crime comedy podcast if you need to fill some time these two women that do it are so 
funny and easy to listen to. There's so many episodes. There's two episodes a week. Um, and then if you're feeling like you need to um, listen to something nice and light, there's RuPaul's What's the Tea with Michelle Visage. Feel free to check that one out. And then another one I really like is, um, actually, that's not a very good podcast. It was more of a joke. Um, the other one I really like is Useful Idiots. Um, and that is put on by uh, the Rolling Stone magazine. So there's a couple that I like listening to. Nick, what do you got? A lot of comedy. Uh, I do a lot of like improv uh, podcasts. Uh, I've been listening to Comedy Bang Bang for about 10 years. Uh, same thing with Mark Marin, uh, WTF for about 10 years. Uh, I used to listen to the Gervais show, uh, Ricky Gervais show in like the early 2000s. Um, so a lot of like Earwolf stuff. Um, beyond that, uh, I, I listen to one called uh, Action Design Radio, which uh, uh, this guy, uh, Zarok, uh, at, um, uh, Merit's global events, uh, he, uh, does, it's a lot of, uh, behavioral science, uh, in different industries. So it's, it's talking about how it's applied in different industries. I listen to a podcast called art of charm, which is really good. And it talks to people who have, um, different abilities uh, and, and come up with their own systems to, uh, attract people, uh, in, in like as broad as ways as possible. Uh, and then I listen to a fair amount of, uh, event industry ones, but I kind of pick and choose. Like I just did, um, that, uh, meetings mind, uh, mind show that I think I know at least, I think Will and Dustin were on two of you on too. Yeah. No, sure. I haven't, but I do. Not yet. Charles, we're, Charles, you, you need to get Tui on. Yeah. Charles, mm -hmm. th th those guys, they're, that, that team's cool. Like they, yeah, they have a smart, very professional operation. They got going yeah. on and it's really, it's really well done. Yeah, I just got to chat with them this week, and it was supposed to be about uh, behind the scenes. I guess it was supposed to be about attendee personas. So they asked, uh, you know, like let's uh, let's do an episode about uh, attendee personas, and then I got on and I was like, hey, should we talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the world of uh, live events right now? Because I feel like I don't want to talk about anything other than that. Uh, they said, yeah, we'll do that for like five or ten minutes, and then it turned out to be an hour of that, uh, which they're like, we'll we'll have you come back. Um, so yeah, I mean, I. I uh, I like balance. I think my, my work stuff, uh, with my entertainment 50, 50. I love it. I love it. All right. Any other disruptions we want to talk about today? I mean, is there a positive disruption we could talk about? <laughs> I don't know. That's an interesting idea, right? All of a sudden at the end of this, everyone is in a place where they're like craving contact with people and, and craving, uh, face to face in a way that they never have before. And are um, really um i guess looking for um a connection and that we could potentially have this new um uh explosion of live events uh, maybe that's a uh, at the end of this is is uh we haven't actually experienced the real disruption guys i'm trying to be positive <laughs> maybe maybe that's pretty good that's pretty good it's small, but it just recently happened. Well, I was thinking, okay, you have the Ubers and Lyfts that was, you know, to transportation. You have Airbnb, which was in the hotel. But um, I had a Airbnb for South by Southwest, but obviously that canceled and didn't happen. And technically their cancellation was I was going to get like $10 out of the 200 I, I um, bought. And the other day I got an email saying we're going to refund you the whole thing. And I thought that was really wonderful of a like i'm going to use airbnb more because of that decision they made and i feel like now than ever what people are going to decide to do these stakeholders the leadership of companies that's going to determine 
I feel like what's going to happen in the future now, because you're going to remember, you're going to remember those experiences, the people that were with you, you know, like things of that nature and saying, okay, well, for the well-being of individuals, for our customers, clients. So it's like a small little thing. I don't think it's going to disrupt the whole entire industry, but I know that's like, that was like a really positive experience. I love it. All right, guys, should I take us home for the evening, for the afternoon, for the morning, whatever time you are listening to this right now? I won't even disrupt you. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and just, oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, (laughs) everyone, thank you so much for uh, watching today, watching, listening today. Man, I'm disrupting my own outro as well. Um, Thank you, everyone, for tuning on into Event Brew. Um, We'd love to know what your uh, disruptions you see in the future of the events industry or disruptions you've seen in the past. You know how to reach us. Shoot us an email, eventbrew at helloendless.com. Also, feel free to tag on social media, hashtag eventbrew, or tag each of us, and we'll make sure that we get in on the conversation in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure to rate and review on your favorite podcasting platforms. And if you are listening to on a platform that you don't, don't like and you'd like to you know get a little bit more event brew eventbrew.com you know where to go to get all the links and all the cool stuff right then and there thank you to my amazing co-hosts Tui, dustin and nick i hope you guys are doing well and staying safe and we'll see all of you next time on event brew thanks again for listening to event brew be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.